It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. It's time again for the Jason Lee Club Show. And away we go. Welcome to Here's Your Freaking Podcast with the Jason Lee and Cluck Show. Good to have you along for the ride again. Hey, man, if this podcast is your thing, please share it with others. Uh, share it on social media, whatever you got to do. Just link this podcast to uh, all your friends, probably not your family, because you wouldn't like them to think lesser of you than they already do. Don't let them know that you listen to this filth. But your friends, yeah, that's cool. Stay up to date, all things J- JLNK, by heading over to JLNKshow.com. Uh, if you're expecting the terrestrial radio show here on the podcast, please don't. This is obviously uh, not safe for work, not safe for kids. Uh, it's a little uncensored. Here's what we're going to learn today on the podcast. We're going to learn how to take our best tender profile pick. We're going to learn how to get your man in the mood. We're going to learn how to handle our business when our fiance tells us that she slept with 16,000 dudes. We got the worst person on the planet. Oh, yeah, and we'll talk about... Uh, I don't know if there's one thing that Warren Cluck enjoys hearing about. It's uh, anal sex. <laughs> it's how he gets his. Uh, it's how he gets his uh, audible pleasures. Is hearing like, other people's uh, talk about butt stuff. So we're gonna find out what percentage of Americans are doing butt stuff these days. Warren, this is like Marco Polo. He came home to tell tales of all the exotic spices that he saw. Which type of butt stuff are Americans doing? There's, wait, there's more than one type of butt stuff. There's a lot of butt stuff. Didn't know nothing about it. We'll break it down by generation, and then we'll we'll find out how comfortable Americans are talking about butt stuff uh, shortly. Let's get into what we have to get into here first. Um, you know what? Here's a good place to start. Uh, let's begin right here. Is if you uh, have someone, uh, an older folk, I don't know, maybe you'd be young people too, and your family that die, and then somebody's somebody's responsibility it is 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 to go clean up right i don't mean clean up the death but clean up where they live like say you were a single man back in your 20s and you unexpectedly passed man. away and, oh. and, and then your family has to come and they have to clean out your sad little bachelor apartment what are they gonna find warren sure like collected dirty paper towels under his bed a lot of socks, a lot of a lot of crusted over socks, oh, a lot of pornography. Yeah. Basically, just don't go in the bedroom. Uh, cigarette butts and a browser history that would make mom cry, right? A high-life tall boy half filled with cigarettes next to a masturbating pile. So somebody asked on, on Reddit, what are some of the discoveries that people made after they had to go to the home of somebody that had recently passed? Now, most, most of these are old people, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of porno involved when you're dealing with old people. Somebody says, my grandma or my grandfather had a secret family that he kept from us his whole life. Now, see, that's serious. That's like a big thing. So this family finds out, finds out there's another family on the other side of town that grandpa was also, you know, giving the business to and taking care of. Oh, my great grandfather wasn't, in fact, eaten by a bear on Mount Rainier, where he was a park ranger. Instead, he was cheating on my great-grandmothers, and he was run out of town by her brothers. The man was alive and well. <laughs> I like it back in the day you could fucking run somebody out of town. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew a guy years ago that uh, had accidentally killed someone, and the court said, you either just leave town, or we'll have to deal with you in a court of law, and we'll put you in jail. That's crazy. He chose A. He got the fuck out of Dodge. Uh, my grandmother dated Mr. Rogers when she was in high school. Never told anyone. 
Nobody would believe you anyhow. No, they sure wouldn't. My uncle found out that he had a different dad than his siblings after taking a DNA test. His mother had an affair and was dead when he found out. Whoa. We found a sex swing in my little Catholic <laughs> grandma's attic. Uh, uh, thank God I haven't had that experience of having to go clean out somewhere where there's going to be something embarrassing. Hey, we found out the family's big secret iced tea recipe was actually a can of frozen iced tea mixed with a can of frozen lemonade. Add water and lemon slices. Hey. It's, hey, it's been handed down for generations in my family. Oh, I discovered my boyfriend cheated on me after he died. A girl was bragging on Facebook. Oh, boy. Trashy if you're rich, trashy if you're poor. A girl was bragging on Facebook that she was the last person to taste his junk. I called her a liar. Hey, who brags about that on Facebook? Like, I was the last person to taste his dick. Oh, we know plenty of folks on Facebook that would brag about something like that. Everybody wants to put themselves at the scene of the accident, right? I called her a liar. She posted pics as proof. I met all four of my mom's boyfriends at her funeral, and they were surprised, too. I cleaned out my grandpa's house, and I found a lot of porn, cock rings, and a stained dildo. (laughs) I never told my family because they would be too shocked. A stained dildo. You had to say stained. What's it? What's yeah. in the bag over there? Oh, just some garbage I'm taking out. Well, let's make sure you're not throwing away anything important. No, 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 no. I'm not. Why that would? I'm be not a... throwing away anything important. I'm just throwing out some things that I old newspaper clippings and whatnot that Grandpa kept around. I'll just take these out to the garbage can. Please get all get off my bag. Wouldn't be a stained dildo in that bag, would it? All right. How do you take your best Tinder profile pic? I think you want to take the fingers around the base of the cock and squeeze it so it's that's its absolute most engorged, hey, right? This lady specializes in taking portraits for clients oh, to use face. on their Tinder profile. Hey, fifteen hundred bucks a session. Hey, How man, but if you're single out there, you want to put your best foot forward. That's something you can invest in. Well, I mean, you still have to go meet them in real time, in real places. So you're going to disappoint if you're fucking dropping 1500 bucks a session. That means you got a little bit of lying going on there. So when you show up, you're going to be a different person. Well, we've also seen those fans on Facebook where they're like, it's fall, we're taking a fun photo shoot. I'm like, man, I know those kids are pretty ugly, and that woman doesn't look like that. Um, 1500 bucks a session. Here's the do's and the don'ts when it comes to taking your tender profile picture. Don't make the duck face. We all know that, right? That pouty thing with the fat lips, that that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, I think it goes without saying. This woman says, try a happy, approachable look built around a smile. Do take your photos from the face up. Uh, face up. Framing is the key image when you're taking a tender profile picture. Uh, ten, uh, pictures from the waist up tend to be more flat, uh, flattering. Yeah, we get it. Hey, don't give in to mere madness. People who tend to make terrible mistakes like blocking out their face with their phones while snapping a mirror selfie. The bath uh, plus also, the, the bathroom mirror selfie gives you the, the chance that people are going to say, look at this fucking scuzzy bathroom this guy lives in. Yeah, well, the problem with the mirror selfie is they can see how you live, be it the living room, dining room, or bathroom. doesn't matter. 
people will pick out the little shit. When you go back and you proof that photo, <laughs> all you're looking at is yourself to make sure there's no flaws. Yeah, you're you might, not looking at the Dookie and the John. You might not notice the stained dildo in the background. Do use furniture as a prop. A photo of someone just standing there can be boring, but leaning over the top of a chair or a couch adds form and structure to your image. Here's me bending over yeah. a chair. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> hey, guys, come play. It says as a bonus, it also comes across as being genuine. <laughs> yes, I bend in odd places. Uh, don't try a reclining pose for your tender profile. Anything that makes it look like you end up laying in bed. Do go for sitting poses, according to this woman who charges $1,500 uh, $1, a pop for this shit. She said it's uh, the sitting pose is easier to pull off and less complex than standing. Yeah, but that's when all your belly get sort of gathers and just sits yeah. there like a lump. Oh, I, yeah. I, like, I look my fucking worst when I'm sitting down. Don't wear sunglasses. Covering your eyes with sunglasses is a rookie mistake, this woman says. Again, use your smile. Don't pose with direct sunshine behind you. If it leaves your face in the shadow, it's harder to see you. Yeah, I think everybody knew that one, though. All right. Here's me sitting down with sunglasses on. All right, how to get your man in the mood. The old tired cliche, obviously, is just show up. Here's the experts talking about how to you if your man's not feeling it. How do you get your man in the mood? Well, a dirty pick or a text usually starts to get the engine moving, this right? Is, this is funny. This is like an all-day thing. Yes, dirty text, your flirting game. Step it up with some sexting. Send him a, a message. What you want him to do to you or what you want to do to him. A photo and sexy lingerie. Tell him it's something you plan on putting on later. <gasps> Send him a picture of your naked body. <gasps> oh! So that he can see what he's missing. No matter what you send him, you'll get him in the mood. The experts say, and that's exactly what you want. Check out the wardrobe. Pick out the best outfit you can wear. I think at this point, if I received like an, an unsolicited nude in the middle of the day, I'd say, who are you meaning to send this to? Yeah, she didn't mean this for me. Who was this supposed to go to? How to get your man in the mood. Wardrobe. Confidence is the best outfit you can wear, but show up in something that makes you feel sexy. Maybe it's his favorite outfit. Maybe it's a thong. Maybe you just show up naked. You obviously can't go wrong there. How to get your man in the mood from the experts. Touch him, but keep it PG. Brush your hand across his back or run your fingers through his hair. Well, this sounds like... What? How to get your man in the mood. Make him work for it. Come on. That's the opposite of getting me in the mood. While you're trying to turn him on, remember, men tend to love competition, so let him enjoy the thrill of the chase a little bit. Let him know that you're not fully available to him. <laughs> Wait, so I gotta I gotta compete with other males for you? You're not fully available? It doesn't I don't like make a fucking any, portrait. This that is doesn't painting. make any sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm not fully available to you, and uh, we'll see if there's somebody else that I have an option with. Oh, you have to flirt with him. Keep that romantic attention going in the form of flirting. Uh, how do you flirt? Hey. Laugh at his jokes. Tell him he looks sexy. Pinch his butt. Make sure to make eye contact when you're talking to him. They also say in order to get your man in the mood, you have to appeal to his brain. Oh, my shriveled, smooth brain. No, I think they mean penis. I bet oh, they're talking about penis. Yeah. Remember what you love about him. Tell, oh, tell him all the things that you appreciate about him. Compliments give the brain a big hit of do uh, dopamine. 
which is called the happy hormone. You're telling him the good stuff. It's making him feel good. And then eventually it will turn into sex for you, ladies. I'm not fully available to you. All right, since we're talking about... uh, Since we're talking about getting him in the mood... um, how about the butt stuff? Is that something you're into, Warren? I have been thinking since the start of this podcast that you said there's more than one kind of butt stuff. Percentage of Americans that have tried it? Four. The percentage that have never tried it is 28. 72% of people out there have tried butt stuff? Uh, 72%. Uh, they break it down men, women, and overall. We'll just deal with the overall numbers except for when it's important. <coughs> Percentage of uh, Americans that have topped or bottomed. That means either given or received. 72%. Wow. Whoa. People out there just crushing it. Hey, how many have bottomed and topped? That means given and received. Half? 26%. 28% of those being dudes, 20% being women. And then, of course, it's obviously split down right down the middle. How many have bottomed? 49%. How many have topped? 49%. Obviously, you can't have a top without a bottom, right? Right. No. You look silly. How many times do Americans do butt stuff every month? All this ass sex going on out there without us? I don't want to know. Overall, two and a half times a month. What's, well, there's the half one. Uh, that's on average. 3.13%. Uh, they do it 3.13 times a month. Men. There are guys out there butt fucking three times a month? Women, 1.6 times a month. There are women out there butt fucking 1.6 times a month? Straight couples do it 1.8 times a month. Wow. The gays and the lesbians, almost seven times a month. And the bisexuals are doing it 3.05 times a month. Just crushing it. Hey, that's a little less than once a week. Is there like a designated butt night? How does this (laughs) work? I don't know. That would make my week much more exciting. Oh, man, it's almost Thursday. What's Thursday? Oh, it's butt Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Taco Tuesday is nice. Fanny Friday you get excited about. That's when you buy dinner. Wow, I didn't know the numbers were that high. I was led to believe it was practically non-existent. <laughs> I heard it was an urban legend. <laughs> That's not a thing. Get out of here. What types of butt play do Americans love? <laughs> uh, Here's what we'll learn. Anal sex is the number one answer. 72% say that's their favorite. What about toys? 52% said that is also their favorite. Okay. This word makes me laugh every time I see it. Analingus. <laughs> <laughs> Kids out there in the uh, eating ass. Uh, 42%. Pegging. 16%. That is a word that cuts the clutter. Much like cucking and coming, pegging cuts the clutter. All right. Yeah, when you break it down, obviously, yeah, just, uh, just the regular sex is still everybody's favorite. And if you'd like a homework assignment for the podcast this week, uh, look up pegging on Wikipedia and enjoy the splendor of the, uh, the the illustration. The man just looking face down. So when you break it down by generation, who has who's the uh, what's everybody's favorite? Who has the most 
butt stuff. Oh, I bet the millennials are out there just getting all the butt stuff. 74% of millennials, 69% of the Gen Z, 69% of the Gen X, who, en- who enjoys toys the most. Uh, I'm going to say the Gen X. Gen Z, 63%. Who enjoys the <gasps> analingus? Oh, the young kids, the Gen Zers. That's the millennials also. Who's most into pegging? The oldsters. Uh, also, the millennials. Uh, the millennials just love it. They can't hey, get enough of the butt stuff. No wonder man. they can't move out of their parents' house. They're so busy with all this yeah. ass play. <laughs> I, I don't want to ruin my. I don't want to ruin my lucky streak. <laughs> if I go somewhere else, hey, they might not get it. If I get a full time job, that's not enough time for analingus. Okay, how comfortable are we talking about butt stuff? Oh, super uncomfortable. Hey, hey this is. I don't. I don't. I don't like this at all. Very comfortable, 19% of Americans say they're very comfortable talking about it. It depends. Are you talking about it on a podcast, or are you talking about it intimately with your partner? Intimately with your partner, I hope it's it's a lot of people very comfortable, but like on a podcast, just with a dude, like oh, another guy. We're I'll, just fucking, talk- I'll fucking all day, every day on a podcast. If it, if it becomes an intimate one-on-one conversation, I'll be like, what? Huh? I've never even heard of it. Is that a thing? Is well, that if, something? Well, if she's talking about it with you, that means there's a conversation happening. Uh, 25% of us are somewhat comfortable. 22% of us are like, eh, neutral. Hey, the percentage of Americans that are very uncomfortable talking about it. This number's sh- shockingly low. Very uncomfortable. Which means I don't talk about it. 10%? 12% of people 12. say that they're very uncomfortable talking about it. Wow. All right, so what do you do? They're just like, I won't even get roped into a conversation about ass play. So what do you do when you're uh, planning a wedding and you're getting all fired up and you're ready to go, and then your fiance says uh, sixteen thousand? You say what? She says sixteen thousand. You say is that the price of the catering or the price of the flowers? And she says no, that's the number of dudes that have been in me. We've had a lot of people. And you say sixteen thousand. That sure sounds like a lot. Yeah, we've had a lot of people on the Terrestrial Show do the math for us. That works out to one fuck a day with somebody new for 45 years or three a day for 15 years. I don't know, much like the Wilt, Cha- or the Wilt Chamberlain thing, how that's even possible. Well, she was banging out a couple every single day. That's good for her. Um, Ashley Clark Huffman. She used to be a what? Prostitute? She did. Ah. A high-end call girl. Okay, that's how you do it. For tw- for just over 20 years, she shared herself with just about anybody who was really uh, willing, you know, obviously to, you know, slide the cash across the table. Now, what would you have more of a problem with if your bride-to-be slept with 16,000 men as a prostitute or just because she was a fun girl? Uh, a fun girl, I think I'd have a harder time with it. I'd be like, well, you know, it got you a pretty nice condo on the beach, so yeah. I can't. You know, if you're just Plus a fun girl, all it got you was, you know, HIV. Plus, if you put it into that terms, if she's a high-end call girl, that means she's at, you know, peak price points, not like truck stop handies or anything. Um, uh, she, oh, no, no, she's getting married to a woman. A woman! She shared this fun fact with a woman that she's engaged to and was happy to report that, well, it was a little weird at first, but now the woman she loved... Uh, loves is now uh, cool with it, not condemning her for her past behavior. 
Over the past few months, she's used her social media presence to warn others who might be considering sex work. <laughs> hey, I'd be like, maybe keep it off of social media that you fucked 16,000 people. I would, too. Let's just keep that between us and 16,000 other folks. Yeah, there's one thing just if it's between you and I, but, I mean, if you're going to start talking about it so that everybody knows... Yeah, like, what if your neighbor down the street's like, hey, I heard your uh, wife was a prosty. You're like, well, no. I mean, yes. Yeah, I didn't know You're Facebook friends, aren't you? I didn't know that she was a community swimming pool, but it turns out, well, she is. She's a fun water park. For 20 years, this woman says uh, uh, she's trying to warn other people from getting into sex work. She says she suffers from PTSD, night terrors, decreased sex drive, intimacy issues. You know, one of the stuff you typically think is associated with marriage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she says, uh, or just being a huge antisocial loser. Oh, she also says there's the huge regret of the possibility of breaking up many happy marriages because of the men that couldn't wait to spend time with her away from her for their families. Uh, she does say she's found a happy place to be with someone who loves her for who she is and who she's trying to be. Well, that and also if she's in like a neighborhood. And the entire neighborhood, all the wives in the neighborhood know that she was a high-end prostitute and all the dads know. Like, there's going to be a lot of fucking tension there. She's like, I saw you looking at her as you were walking by. I wasn't. I was just saying hello. Howdy, neighbor. 16,001. All right, here's your worst person on the planet. I think I framed this on the terrestrial show by saying, you know, sometimes you go out on a date and you you, you kind of have a scorecard. You know that there, there might be some sex at the end of this date. You know, there's probably not going to be any sex at the end of this date. But I'm going to do and say everything I'm supposed to do and say to ensure that the odds are in my favor if the opportunity presents itself. This man does not keep a scorecard. He's being accused of taking his mom with him on a date. His mom was dead. Mm, that's not going to work out well for you. 37-year-old man by the name of Thomas. Lives in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Picked up his girlfriend at 8.30 in the morning on a Saturday. His mom's dead body was wrapped in a tarp in the back of his truck. They stopped for food. They had some coffee. Some laughs. Got a little gas on the way. Mm. They then reached the VA Medical Center in Chattanooga, and it was closed. So they decided to drive to Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Wow, all this on a date? All of this on a date. She's like, wow, he's really fun and spontaneous. He's like, fuck it, let's go to Chattanooga. She's like, cool, all right, weird, but let's go. Police noted that the two passed multiple hospitals on the way to Nashville, and they passed multiple law enforcement facilities along the way. The boyfriend, according to the girlfriend, he said that his mother had committed suicide and he found her in a wooded area outside of Chattanooga, but then later told police he was right next to his mother when she shot herself. I like that he still had the, uh, he had to be able to pull it all together for a date. Like, that would probably shock you out of that shit for quite a bit. Well, I can tell you this. There's no sex at the end of a date like this. He was arrested, charged with failure to report the discovery of a dead body. And, of course, evidence tampering, because you can't just roll him up in a tarp and put him in the back of your truck. Hey, though, what a story she's going to have. So tell me about your worst date. Although, wouldn't that, you know what, raise the bar for everybody that came afterwards? Like, if you had a guy who was kind of a, a loser and shoot with his mouth open, you're like, well, at least he's his dead mom's not in the back of the yeah, truck. Yeah, you can do anything at that point. Yeah. Time. I mean, what was it, the dating game, where they're like, so, tell us about your worst date. His mom was wrapped in a tarp in the back of the truck, and we drove her to Nashville. <sighs> okay. Um, we were just looking for a, maybe a guy that didn't pick up the tab. 
Left his wallet at home. No, dead mom in a... Okay, all maybe, right. Maybe he already booked a hotel room, maybe beforehand, but no, well, mom in a tarp. That's pretty bad. So there you go. There's your uh, episode of Here's Your Freaking Podcast. Again, thanks for coming along for the ride. It's always great to have you. Uh, if you need to get caught up, you can stay up to date. All things jail and K, all the social media links, everything you need to know. Just head over, including uh, links to the new YouTube channel. So you can check out uh, sexy videos of the Jason Lee and Clug Show. If you ever wanted to hear us say, like and subscribe, guys. Just head over to jlnkshow.com. Yep, we'll see you next Tuesday. Podcasts by Federated Media.